0: This morning I, I want to talk to you for a few minutes on the topic of blind. That my my subject is just one word: blindsided. And uh, let me sort of explain. What have you ever been blindsided? Have you ever had something to happen to you that you just totally? It came out of nowhere. It, we sometimes say it came out of left field, hit you when you are unexpected, and and uh, and and sometimes they can a, a lick like that can just about cripple you. Well that's what the enemy desires to do. In fact Jesus talked about the end time and when he did he said one of the major tools of Satan in this end time would be deception. So if the enemy can deceive you and hit you with something unexpectedly and slip into your life um, attitudes or, or thoughts or or, or even spirits that will bring you into his bondage that's exactly what he's after but i want to tell you this morning he that the sun sets free is free indeed and my lord jesus wants you to be free so we're going to look at that my text is from matthew chapter 18 verse 7 and here's the thing that blindsides people in the spirit realm woe to the world because of offenses offenses must come but woe to the man by whom offenses come offense is one of the tools that satan uses to blindside us you you can maybe identify with having heard something and it kind of caught you off guard and then the more you thought about it the worse it got until it became a a, a big thing and, and and then you started noticing your attitude maybe towards somebody changing because of something that you heard and the more you think about it and the more you, you weren't expecting that and it hit you and, uh, and after a while the enemy will get you in bondage with that. Years ago um John Bevere wrote a book entitled The Bait of Satan. How many of you have read that book, The Bait of Satan? Wow, several of you. I would recommend it if you haven't read it. It's a powerful book and will certainly expand on what I'm talking about this morning to a great, great, great degree. But in the early part of that book, the introduction to the first chapter, so he identifies uh, or defines, I think would be a better word, he defines uh, what offense is. And he uses a Greek word, coming from the New Testament in Greek, uh, skagalon, which is the part of a trap that entices an animal to go to. Uh, for, for example, when I when I was a boy, my dad always had a big garden in our backyard. We had a huge backyard, and Dad always raised a big garden. And uh, what, some of my fondest memories, Dad, Dad was he could grow anything. Our front yard had had uh, flowers and fruit trees and. And people would drive for miles around to see one of the uh, one particular kind of flower my dad had that nobody else had been able to raise in our part of the country, and it was called a star of Bethlehem. It was beautiful; it was a huge bush, and it had a huge, big, uh, solid red bulb that would flower out. And they were new every morning. They only lasted for a day. Then those would fall off, and new ones the next day. And like I said, people would come for all around that heard about it would say. But it, but in my dad's backyard he'd grow corn, he'd grow beans, he'd grow you know, carrots and and cabbage and all kind of things. But one of the things I always loved, he would he would grow these we called them icebox watermelons. They were small watermelons. They were kind that you could just almost put in a shelf in your icebox. And those things were so good. My mother would get so aggravated with us sometimes on Sunday we'd come in and mom would be in the house cooking dinner, getting ready for us to eat. And uh, dad would say, you want to slip out in the garden eat one of them watermelons we'd go out there and cut one of them watermelons open and eat that thing and, and then I got to the dinner table and I wasn't hungry and, and mom was not pleased with that but, but, but rabbits would get in my daddy's garden and so we would build these rabbit boxes anybody ever built rabbit box traps for rabbits yeah we got one two hunters here uh, <laughs> on this side any on this side yeah I, I, I know Wayne he hunts everything um but anyway um you you, to get that rabbit to go in that box you have to put something in there to entice him i mean a rabbit's not just going to walk up to a box and say i think i'll go in to explore this you know but you put something in there you put a carrot or something in there and that rabbit will go in to get that scaggle the bait and when he trips the door, it shuts behind him, so then you have it trapped. John Bevere said that's what a fence is. It is the it is the bait that Satan that's the title of his book, The Bait of Satan. It's the bait that he puts in the trap. You don't see it coming, but but you will you will fall for it. And before you know it, he's got you in bondage. You're bound. Now, there are basically three ways that people get offended. Number one, when someone does something to us that's offensive. Somebody hurts your feelings. Somebody offends you. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands because uh, I think it would be (laughs) a waste of time. Uh, I could ask how many of you have ever been offended in your life. And if, if you're more than 12 years old, you've probably been offended by somebody somewhere. In fact, a lot of you were offended a long time before you were 12 years old. Somebody did something that offended you. Second way, sometimes we pick up offenses of other people. Have you ever seen that happen? If you're you're loyal to your friends or you're really loyal to your family members, if you don't watch it, if somebody hurts a family member or hurts a close friend of yours, if you don't watch it, if you're not careful, you will pick up that offense you'll be offended too. They didn't do anything to you, but they hurt your friend, especially if it's your kids. How many times have I heard parents say, yeah, you can do anything to me you want to. You can do anything to anybody. Don't you mess with my kids, you know? Well, I understand that. There is a certain protectiveness that's in us as parents that is from God that's a godly instincts called self-preservation God put that in us but that's not the same as getting offended so I've suffered from this myself in times past until I got the victory over it and and here's the here's the comical thing to me about it I I remember one incident in particular happened about 25 30 years ago a close friend of mine got hurt and there were some people that did him wrong. And I took up that offense. And here I was later, he had prayed through about it, got the victory over it, wasn't having any and I'm still carrying that offense. I I'm still I'm still my relationship with the Lord's not what it ought to be because I've got something against these people that hurt my friend. He's already forgiven them gone on. Don't pick up the offense of others. You understand what I'm saying? Just don't, don't, don't let that do it. It's a bait of Satan. It will trap you. It will ensnare you. It will bring you into bodies. And thirdly, we can get offended by our own mistakes. Satan loves to do this one on us. You'll say something. Think about this for a minute. Have you ever, have you ever said something and, and later you could just tell but the way it was received? Man, I shouldn't have said that. Well, that's one thing if you drop it and go on. But if you meditate on it, after a while you'll be thinking things like, "Man, that was stupid. Why in the world did I say that? Man, I wish I hadn't have said that. I stuck my foot in my mouth, clean up to my knee. You know, I just, I just, I shouldn't have said that." And the devil will help you with that. And if you're not careful, after a while he will get you to thinking that you're just stupid. You'll you just you'll start thinking of yourself. You'll start putting yourself down offended at yourself i am so stupid why did i do that i just yeah i I'm, and and you'll you'll start questioning everything you do i'm and and sometimes you'll come up with this idea. i'm just i'm just not gonna say anything well you know that's not true as long as you got a mouth you're gonna say something but but the but the and if he can get he'll he'll attack your self-image with that he'll other people won't have to put you down you put yourself down I know people that got offended in themselves, and they're they're living beneath their privilege in the Lord because of their own low self-esteem. They they have taken that. Now, I want to take you to to the Bible, and I'm going to get on through this pretty quickly. I don't want to hold you a long time this morning. But there are five things that I want you to know about offenses that I think is important today. Right in the middle of your Bible, right in the middle, in fact if you if you unless you got a lot of helps at the end if you if you've got just Genesis to Revelation if you open your Bible to the middle it'll fall to the book of Psalms because there, there's a particular Psalm I forget which chapter and verse it is I've got it marked in some of my Bibles I, I meant to look between services and I forgot to but anyway that there's a certain Psalm that is the exact middle of your Bible in other words there's as many words after it as there is before it's right dead center it's in the middle of your Bible and in the middle of your Bible is a character who is the dominant character of the book of Psalms because he wrote so many of them. And you know who he is? David, the sweet psalmist of Israel. He wrote so many of the great psalms that we, we use today. We, we, we love him. But when God in his book tells us about individuals god is so secure in himself till he can share everything now i said in the early service if i was writing a book trying to start a religion uh, or entice people to come to, there's some things in the bible that god put in his book i'd have left out if i was writing my book you understand what i'm saying but uh, god doesn't have any problem with insecurity god doesn't have any problem telling us the good and also the bad and the ugly And so he can tell it all. In fact, if anything, God wants us to understand that he's not looking for perfect people. He just loves all of us, warts and all. And he can take us with our biggest mistakes and our biggest failures. And he loves us anyway. And if we'll allow him to make the adjustments that need to be made in our lives, he can use us even after we've messed up anybody in here never messed up you've just been perfect all your life I heard about a preacher one time he's preaching he said uh, he said uh, I I've never known a perfect person in my life I said is anybody in here know anybody that's perfect and it was an old man in the back raised his hand and the pastor was shocked he wouldn't expecting anybody to raise his hand and he said sir you know somebody's perfect he said yeah he said who in the world is it he said it's my wife's first husband Uh. (laughs) But God wants us to understand that even when we mess up, even when we fail, and even if it's a miserable failure, if we will allow God, he can still use us. How many of you are thankful for that? Amen. Amen. Give God praise. But he's good. Now, uh, briefly, let me tell you the story of what happened with David. Most of you know it if you're Bible scholars. David became the great king of israel a lot of great things about david i I would have if i'd have been writing a book i'd have wrote a lot of those things that god wrote in his book i'd have i'd have told the story of david and goliath man what a great story that was i'd put some of the psalms in there that god put in there because some of them are so beautiful and so wonderful and some of i'd leave out that david wrote you know he wrote some of them when he was down and depressed. But God put them in there. God's not afraid to let you see that there's, there's, there's people that God loves and that loves God that sometimes has a hard time. And uh, and David, some of his psalms. I heard Mark Lowry said if if David had had Prozac, he wouldn't have written about half of those psalms. But uh, but he he didn't. He got down sometimes. And and some of those psalms, he got pretty he got pretty mean, and ugly about. it. He, you read some of those psalms. God kill my enemies. You know, knock, knock them down, knock them out, Lord. Uh, God let us see that, not not because we ought to go in there and pray those prayers. You understand that, don't you? That's not what God wants you to pray about your enemies. In fact, Jesus told us we're supposed to love our enemies and pray for those that despitefully use us. But, but David, he did some great things. He became king of Israel. He was a great king, great king for most of his life. He had some mistakes and failures in his kingship. In fact, after he'd been king for a pretty good while, when when everybody had gone out to battle, and, and David always went out and led the troops in battle. But this particular year, he stayed behind, got lazy. And one night, he couldn't sleep. And he got up and got to walking around and looking over the wall. And, uh, and he looked down, and he could see, I don't know whether there was a... a bathing place or whether he could see in the window or what but he saw this lady taking a bath and his heart was filled with lust towards her and so he sent his servant to invite her to the palace and he went and got her and brought her he had an affair with her committed adultery with her and sent her back home and see her husband was off at war where david should have been but um he thought he had everything covered until he got a note from her a few months later. I'm expecting your baby. And now he's in real trouble. So he comes up with this ingenious way of covering this up. He he sends to his general and he says... I want you to release uh, Bathsheba's husband for a weekend furlough. Send him to me with a message, and I'll let him go home for the weekend. And so it all works out. He comes to the king and delivers the message. The king says, go home and, and enjoy your family for the weekend. And he said, no, 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 no. He said, it's not right for me to go home and enjoy the pleasures of home while my brothers are out on the battlefield and he refused to go home while they were at war and so now David's really in, prob- in trouble because now his little his little scheme to cover up his adulterous affair is going to be exposed if he don't come up with something more see, see if her husband had come home for the weekend nobody thought anything about it they just said well you know most people can count to nine. They'd figure it up and say, you know, they, they, they get, it must have been when he was home that, that, uh, that she got pregnant. And, but it, it didn't work that way. So David comes up with yet another scheme. He sends a message to his general, and he said, put this guy out in front of the battle, make a charge, and then have all the troops to retreat and leave him out there by himself and it worked he got killed and so now david takes bathsheba his wife that that his 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 widow for his wife and again he thinks nobody's going to suspect anything but how many of you know that god sees all things and god is all knowing all the time and so god speaks to his prophet nathan and he said I want you to go tell this little story to David and he gave him a parable and Nathan goes in you can read this in 2nd Samuel chapter 12 Nathan goes in he said David there was a guy that had a he was a wealthy guy he had a lot of sheep he had big flocks of sheep and uh, he, he wanted to have a meal a banquet for some friends and guests and there was a man that lived over there close to him that was very poor and he had only one little lamb, one little ewe lamb, and and that little ewe lamb was like a pet to him, like a family pet. And this rich man, instead of taking a lamb from his flock, he goes over there and takes that lamb from that poor man who only had one, and he offers it as a sacrifice and has a meal off of his pet lamb. And David is furious david said tell me who he is i'll go get him right now i'll take care of him i'll show him i'll straighten this thing out right quick and nathan points his finger at the king and he said david thou art the man thou art the man now obviously david as much as he's tried to hide all of his sins here this could have been the offense that finished him off this could have been the end of his life and his ministry for the Lord he could have forever after that day been known as a murderer and as an adulterer but he did not deal with that offense like Satan intended for him to he didn't let it get him and I want to tell you five things three things that you should not do and two things that you should do in relation to offense, are you ready i 'm going to make this real fast first of all, he didn 't curse it he could He could have said nathan <clears throat> i 'm the king. How dare you? How dare you come accusing me? I curse you. you get out of here i 'll hire me another prophet i don 't have to put up with this kind of thing. Who do you think you are to come in here he didn 't curse it say so don 't curse it don 't curse it. Second thing. He didn't rehearse it. He didn't just start going over and over and over and say, well, Nathan, Nathan, look, Nathan, you just don't understand. You, you don't understand. Here's how it happened. And, and he could have told his side of the story. He could have rehearsed it, but he didn't do it. He didn't do it. In fact, you want to know what he did? Let me read it to you. 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 13. When Nathan pointed his finger in David's face and said, Thou art the man, here's what David said. The Bible said, And David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. The first thing he did, he, he owned up to his sin. He confessed it. He took ownership of his own failure. Um, the, the third thing, he didn't nurse it. Say, so Don't nurse it. Say, don't rehearse it. Say, don't curse it. Those are three things you should not do with an offense. He could have nursed it. He could have said, let me tell you, Nathan, you just don't understand. It's lonely at the top. When you're the leader... Everybody's out to get you. When you're the king, you're, it's lonely up here. I was lonely that night. That's that's why I was out there walking around the wall. I was lonely. He could have nursed it. He could have, he could have stroked it and just gone on and on and I had himself a pity party. Satan loves for you to do that with an offense. I know people that were offended twenty years ago that will take that offense out if you give them the opportunity. And they'll start talking to you about it and they'll start nursing it. You'll think they got hurt yesterday. It's 20 years ago. And they're still nursing that thing. They're still hurting from that thing that happened way back on a long time. Don't nurse it. Don't nurse it. Let me tell you what you need to do for with it. First of all, glory to God, you need to disperse it. You need to let it go turn to your neighbor and say let it, let it go he dispersed it he turned it loose in fact if you go to the book of psalms chapter 51 you will read what david did after he confessed his sin to nathan when nathan said thou art a man he didn't he didn't make excuses he didn't lie about it he didn't get mad at nathan and tell him to get out he just said you're right nathan I've sinned but in Psalms chapter 51 the first three verses here's what David said he goes to the Lord and he says have mercy upon me O God according to your loving kindness according to the multitude of your tender mercies blot out my transgressions wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin for I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me wow He's praying. Notice there. He calls it. He, he calls it several things. He talks about his transgressions. He talks about his iniquity. He talks about his sin. He calls it what it is. It just, folks, just you might as well just call sin sin. That's what it is. Amen. Quit trying to make excuses for it. Offense is sin. Unforgiveness is sin. Jealousy is sin. Selfishness is sin. All of those things, sin, just call it what it is. Just take it to the Lord and say, Lord, I've sinned. I I release it and turn it over to you. And then if you drop down to verse 10 and read through 13, you'll hear David praying. This is a continuation of his prayer. He said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not uh, cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be converted to you. Glory to God. The word create here is the same word that's from the Hebrew in Genesis chapter 1 when it says, And God created the heavens and the earth. He brought something out of nothing. Now here's why this is important. David realized even though he acknowledged his sin confessed his sins and repented of his sins David realized that he did not have the ability and the strength in himself to get that stuff out of his heart and so he said create in other words make something he said God he basically saying this God I, I can't do this myself I can't do it I've repented I'm sorry for my sins I've asked you to forgive me but, but something needs to be done on the inside of me. I, I need something done on the inside of me. So he said, create. In other words, you do what I can't do. Glory to God. Let me tell you something, folks. There's some things that can get so deep in your spirit that you don't have the wherewithal to change it yourself. There's a lot of people tell you, oh, you just need to pull yourself up by the bootstraps. You just need to make a decision and do it. Well... That's true, and you can do that in some circumstances. But there's some things that you can't do for yourself. I'll give you an example. My dad was an alcoholic until he was 40 years old. If, if, when you're dealing with a true alcoholic, it, it, and you can tell them to quit drinking, they, they don't drink because they don't want to do different things. They drink because it has gotten a hold of them, and they are in such bondage that it is deeper than their will. And they can't will themselves to quit. I know people like that with smoking. I said something to a guy one time. I said, why don't you quit smoking? He said, I have five times today. (laughs) There's some things... Drug addiction. There's some things that can get so deep within you, you can't will your way out of it. If you could, you'd do better. If you could, you'd do different. But, oh, David said, Lord, you can do what I can't. And I'm here with some good news for you this morning. Even if that hurt that you've been suffering from for years and you've tried to forget it, you've tried to get rid of it, you just hasn't, haven't been able, if you will disperse it, if you'll let it go, if you'll give it to God, God can do what you can't do. Anybody believe that? If you do, give God praise for it today. One of my favorite verses of Scripture, 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him, because he cares for you if you'll release it if you if you'll give it to him here's what will happen if you'll disperse it he'll reverse it glory to god he'll turn it around and that's exactly what he did after after david that David, so i'm not encouraging you to go out and do wrong and then expect god to turn it around for you no 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 But when David got honest with God, now he suffered some things because of his sin. There are some consequences. I know a lot of people want to sow wild oats and then pray for crop failure. But it don't always work that way. You reap what you sow. But when David released it to God, then God was able to turn it around. If he had not released it to God and allowed God to turn it around david would have been run off he was run off from the throne went into exile and he would have died there and we would have always remembered david as the backslid king who was a murderer and an adulterer and died in exile but when he released it to god when he dispersed it and said god here it is create in me a clean heart god said he's a man after my heart and god brought him back and restored him to the throne glory to god and there's a lot of stories in the bible about that kind of restoration remember joseph in the old testament if anybody had a right to be offended it'd be joseph my goodness look what his brothers did to him but he said you meant it for harm god reversed it and turned it into good and god can do that for you this morning will you stand with me god bless you I'm going to ask you to bow your head with me, please. I don't know who this is for today. But if you're hurting from some, some offense, somebody offended you, it may have been yesterday, it may have been last week, last month, last year, it could have been 20 years ago. Could have been something that happened to you in your childhood. Maybe you were violated, taken advantage of, mistreated, abused. I don't know what the situation may be. But if it still bothers you, if, if when it comes up or when a thought of a person's name comes up, it's still there's, there's, there's hurt there or there's anger there or there's, there's dislike there. And, ah, that's something inside of you that rebels against that that's an offense and it's keeping you from god's best in your life and i want to encourage you today to make this the day labor day weekend 2018 the weekend that you let it go you turned it loose you forgave you say i just can't do it well then bring it to the lord and let him have it, and he'll turn it around for you. He'll turn it around for you. He will replace your pain with his healing virtue and his power and his presence. He'll repra- replace your depression with joy, with happiness. He'll, he'll replace all of those, those bitter things in your life with the sweetness of his love make a brand new person out of you i want you to ask the holy spirit while you're standing there with your head bowed i want you to ask the holy spirit right now do this from your heart will you please holy spirit bring to my attention right now bring to my mind any offense that i may be harboring it may be something that i've pressed down so far that i forgot about even who it is but the holy spirit can bring it to your mind right now and if he does I want you to deal with it before we leave today. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to be bold with this. But if you're hurting over something that happened to you in your past, be it recent past or long ago past, but you're still suffering from something in your past, I want you to come forward and bring that to the Lord this morning. I'm going to pray with you, and we're going to disperse that today. And we're going we're gonna to let God reverse it. He's going to take that thing that's been hurting you, that wound, and he's going to heal it. And he's going to turn it around for you. All over the building, from the balcony to the front seat, wherever you are. Preacher, I'll be honest this morning. There, there's some stuff. The Holy Spirit's bringing it to my attention right now. There's somebody that I haven't forgiven. There's somebody that that I have a bad feeling towards when their name comes up. It just there's an incident in my past that I've never gotten past. I hadn't been able to really get to victory. I just want you to come and you can stand or kneel, whatever you're comfortable with. But we're going to pray in just a minute. We're going to disperse that right here. Come on, all over the building, all over. The, that's right. The Holy Spirit speaking to your heart right now. Whatever that is, he's bringing to your attention. Just bring it to the Lord. Just bring it to the Lord. Bring it to the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Anybody else? I'm going to ask Brother Steve to sing sing a song here in just a moment. but and while he's doing that here's what here's what I want you to do all you prayer team leaders that are in here this morning or staff members or small group leaders or or uh, wh- wherever you're maybe in, in that position i want you to just come behind these folks and go up and down here and just pray a blessing on each one of these folks maybe just lay your hand on their shoulder and say in Jesus name just just bless them will you do that come come and let's let's just bless these folks And in just a minute, I'm going to pray with you. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Church, just stretch your hand this way. Let's believe God for deliverance and victory and freedom. Freedom today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Every man, every woman, every boy, every girl.